Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the 2017 Braille Challenge Awards Banquet. Tonight, the Braille Challenge celebrates 17 years of promoting Braille literacy. A lot of the contestants here are 17, and many of them are headed for college in the fall, and many of the rest of the contestants are thinking about college. And so we are thrilled to welcome you to the campus of the University of Southern California. Go Trojans! Now that you have completed the speed and accuracy tests, let me just say, capital, congratulations, exclamation point. New line, new paragraph. Okay, it's all easier from here on out for you guys. There are about 280 of you here tonight seated at 28 round tables with 10 chairs each. The tables are draped in an ivory cloth and each table has a beautiful centerpiece of flowers that rise out of clear glass vases. The vases are filled with colored glass beads, uh, mostly pink and lavender and purple. So really they are pretty pink and purple pebbles. So say that six times. Pretty pink and purple pebbles, pretty pink and purple. I give up. You may be tempted, by the way, to reach out and touch the centerpieces, but I I need to warn you, some of them are very tall and slender, and they're kind of tippy, so they could get knocked over, so it's probably best to let them be. Now, at the front of the room is a large stage. This is where most of the action is going to happen tonight. It's adorned with a colorful balloon arch and floral decorations, more flowers. As you face the stage, the podium is to your left, and it has a Braille Challenge logo on the front. There are white spotlights above us, and pink spotlights shine on the walls throughout the ballroom to go with the pretty pink and purple pebbles. In the centerpiece... uh, that we don't touch. In the back of the room are tables that feature 50 tactile and print portraits with bios representing all of our 50 finalists. And for you dancers in the audience, there is an open space dance floor in the front of the stage and after the awards have been handed out, we will be having a dance party with a DJ. And speaking of music, the songs you've been hearing on the red carpet and throughout tonight's program are the voices of the Newfangled Four. They're a, they're a barbershop quartet that represents Westminster, Santa Fe Springs, and Las Vegas chapters of the Barbershop shop, uh, Harmony Society. So hit it, boys.
That was quick. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> I've completely lost my script. Here. I, I think we're going to move forward into the main portion of the program tonight. So are you having a good time so far? <clears throat> Tonight's Master of Ceremonies is Janie Blome. Janie Blome is the Director of the Field Services Department at the American Printing House for the Blind, APH, in Louisville, Kentucky. It's a position she's held for the last 15 years. She's also active in the Association for the Education and Rehabilitation of the Blind and Visually Impaired, which is quite a mouthful, so you can just say A-E-R. And she's the current national president-elect of the organization. But wait, there's more. Janie is also on the National Advisory Committee for the Braille Challenge, and she is regional director for the Kentucky Regional Braille Challenge. She's proud to have two students from Kentucky competing in the finals this year. So please welcome Master of Ceremonies, Janie Blome. For my old Kentucky need to hire those guys to sing at the Kentucky Derby. Thank you, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here tonight, not only at the 17th Awards Banquet for the National Braille Challenge, but to also to be serving as tonight's Master of Ceremonies. We welcome the parents, family guests, friends, special guests, staff, donors, volunteers, and of course, our 50 finalists. Before we get started, I want to share with you a little tradition from our Kentucky Regional Braille Challenge. When we come to the award ceremony at our Regional Challenge, we always take a moment and ask our students to thank some very special people who are the people who really make it possible for them to be there, their parents and their families. So finalists, I want each of you to take a minute there at your table and say thank you to, the, to your parents, to your brothers, your sisters, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, any of your family members that have come with you tonight. So just take a minute and say thank you. <laughs> now, on the count of three, I want everybody in the room to join me on the count of three and join our students by saying a very rousing thank you to all the family members who are here. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Thank you. All right, that was awesome. Tonight promises to be a relaxed, cozy, and fun evening. I know that I can't wait to hit this dance floor after our awards. Anybody else ready to put your dancing shoes on? 
The dance sounds like fun, but first we're going to recognize the inspiring work of some teachers of the visually impaired, transcribers, regional coordinators, volunteers, and donors who helped make all 51 of our regional events successful this year. And those events are what led us here tonight to the finals. Can you believe we had 51 regional events this year? Over 1,100 students competed in the regional Braille challenges, and in this room are the top 50 performers of those 1,100 students. I want each and every one of our finalists to know that you have accomplished something amazing by being in this room tonight. Every person here is very, very proud of you, and we want you to be very proud of yourselves as well. So let's hear it again for those 50 finalists. So before we get started, I want to remind you and everyone that tonight's show is being streamed live on the Braille Institute YouTube channel. We also want to welcome Airs LA, the... Um, let me get this right, the Audio Internet Reading Service of Los Angeles. They'll be podcasting this awards dinner with commentary and description on the Airs LA stream at www.airs-la.org. So if folks are wanting to listen at home, they can do that. And finally, just in case you didn't know it and you want to, you can uh, let your family members know at home to give you a personal shout out and to follow Braille Institute on at Braille Inst, that's capital B-R-A-I-L-L-E, capital I-N-S-T, and at hashtag Braille Challenge via Facebook or Twitter. Um, Let's move on now to our first speaker. So here to introduce tonight's keynote and to share a few words with all of you, please join me in welcoming the president of Braille Institute, Mr. Peter Mendig. Wow. I need to hear that more often when I speak, I'll tell you. Thank you, Janie, and good evening, everybody. Uh, and welcome to the 2017 Braille Challenge Awards Dinner being held for the first time on the campus of USC, one of the great universities in America. I am thrilled to be here with all of you. Uh, everyone here, our finalists, parents, teachers, volunteers, staff, uh, have worked incredibly hard to make this event happen tonight. So we are so proud of everybody here. So let's give each other a well-deserved and big round of applause. Every year, the Braille Challenge program grows and also evolves as our entire team strengthens to work and increase the impact of this mission. Uh, And that mission, of course, is to raise awareness and to increase Braille literacy uh, throughout the country and Canada. You know that among blind individuals and visually impaired individuals in the U.S., only 13% of that group uh, go to college or beyond, receive a four-year degree, and just 31% graduate from high school. These sobering statistics, in part, led us to move move this year's uh, program 
to USC so our con contestants and their families could visualize very clearly what's possible in the future for their children. Each one of you is an amazingly talented, resilient, and determined young individual. And we challenge all of you to think as big, as big as possible about your futures. Through our Braille literacy programs, Braille Institute has a deep passion to help change some of these outcomes that I've mentioned. We want to see as many young people as possible to graduate high school, create a plan of learning and skill building, and ultimately find meaningful work so that you can live independently. And the Braille Challenge program is just one part of making this happen. It really takes a fully committed team and community of parents, teachers, students, and many others. So on behalf of everyone at Braille Institute, I want to recognize several individuals and organizations that have made significant contributions to uh, this year's program and tonight's celebration. So please uh, stand up uh, to be recognized when I mention your name. First, and they've received already well-earned and deserved uh, visibility today, I'd like Rick and Dot Nelson, who are once again sponsoring the Teacher of the Year Award, and the wonderful... The wonderful tactile portraits, they're at the back of the room here. Rick also serves on our board of directors, uh, and we are just so blessed to have them as part of our team. Uh, City National Bank is represented tonight by Ingrid Mendez and Ashley Mendez, if they're here. There they are right there, please, thank you. We are also grateful for the support from, uh, ongoing support from Mary Jo and Gerald Brown. Palmer Langdon, and also our VP of Program Content, Nancy Niebrugge. So please, if you're here to stand up. And what would be the award ceremony without our longtime major prize sponsor, Humanware? They are once again providing refreshable Braille displays to all first place winners and a Braille note touch to our Teacher of the Year. So thank you, Dominic Gagliano and Greg Stilson. Please stand. And I might add that Greg did an unbelievably good job at our parents' uh, meeting today talking about uh, the future of people going on to higher education and just had so many great insights to share. Uh, finally, I want to recognize and thank the Braille Institute board, board members who are here with us this evening. Uh, first, our board chair, George Thomas, and his wife, Bonnie, right here on the right. Uh, Michael Corley is with us tonight as well. Where's Michael? There he is right here. Thank you. And uh, our newest board member, Dr. Linda Lamb, who's going to be sharing some remarks shortly. Linda? So it gives me great pleasure uh, to introduce our keynote speaker tonight, Dr. Lamb. Uh, she received her undergraduate degree uh, with honors from Brown University, her medical degree with honors from Cornell University Medical School, and an MBA from USC's Marshall School of Business. So here is somebody who is going all in on her education. Dr. Lamb is a practicing ophthalmologist, an associate professor, and also the vice chair of satellite clinical affairs at USC's Keck School of Medicine. Now, while Linda's professional and educational credentials are indeed highly impressive, 
To me, what really sets her apart is her tremendous heart and bold passion, not only for her patients, but for the mission and students of Braille Institute. So ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming to the podium our keynote speaker, Dr. Linda Lamb. Well, welcome, everyone. I am so thrilled to be here. This has been such an impressive day. Um, I feel actually really blessed to be part of this experience, and each 50 of you are so inspiring. I read each of your stories, and you're such amazing individuals. So welcome families, finalists, and guests to our USC campus. And professionally, I'm proud to share that USC is also the home of our Vosky Eye Institute, ranked in the top 10 programs in the country for over 20 years. We're the second in the country in terms of our uh, National Eye Institute funding. Our team of clinicians and scientists are dedicated to helping patients maximize their sight and providing innovative solutions to maximize their remaining vision. For example, here at USC, we've developed the Argus implant, which helps patients with retinitis pigmentosa. And these patients have light perception vision and we help them to have much better vision. For example, some of our patients are even able to play basketball after having the Argus implant placed. Well, innovation is great for future planning, but just as important is addressing our current needs. For students and parents like you, did you know that USC has disability services and support services for students with disabilities? Disability services across higher education have evolved and now provide an array of support services that range from career counseling to student life navigation. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, as of 2009, such service centers support 11% of students in higher education. That means that U.S. students won't be the only visually impaired student on campus, and that, too, the more complex support is needed. We need more visually impaired and blind students attending higher education, and the support is here present for you, and we want to develop it for you to succeed. An example of someone who's successfully navigated this very campus is a Braille Challenge and Braille Institute Youth Program alumni, Karen Arcos. Karen Arcos graduated from USC in 2015 with a BA in psychology and a minor in Spanish. Karen attended USC, and while she received services from our disability office, it was clear that more services needed to be done. Karen then started her own nonprofit named Survive or Thrive, which focuses on helping other visually impaired students navigate college and student life. Karen is currently getting her PhD and then psychology at UC Irvine. So I personally began my journey to help cure blindness as a freshman at Brown. I went to Brown to study neuroscience and I took a class in visual physiology as a freshman and I was mesmerized by the visual pathways and how our visual system developed. I decided when I was in college to um, specialize in retinal surgery and research as my lifelong goal. So as Peter had mentioned, I'm the Vice Chair of Satellite Affairs and I'm the Medical Director for Arcadia Satellite. And I recently graduated last year from the EMBA school, the Marshall School of Business. 
And bringing a business perspective in healthcare is important to poise our department for future challenges. Most of the time, I see patients with complex retinal diseases in clinic and perform surgery for complicated retinal conditions. In addition, I, like, I teach weekly and volunteer my time at the LA County Hospital. It brings me great contentment to bring sight to our patients. I recently performed surgery on a rather young patient with diabetic retinopathy. He was blind in both eyes for many years. After the surgery, he was able to see my face. It was really moving for me to see him be able to see and walk independently for the first time in many decades. He's able to work now and do things that he hasn't done for many years, such as seeing faces of his friends and family, watch TV, and even play sports. I really can't think of a better way to devote my time to bring the gift of sight. Every day when I go to work, my patients remind me that the sight is what they cherish the most in life of all their senses, and they're thankful for our help in preserving and improving their vision. I'm dedicated to our goal at USC and at Braille Institute of America to curing blindness, and I've joined the Braille Board this year to help in this mission. One of my mission as a board member at Braille is to improve our low vision programs offered at each of our six locations and to aid in improving programs for people with low vision worldwide. I'm very excited to join the board at Braille. We're committed to support Braille literacy, access to higher education, and the ultimate goal, full employment for the blind and visually impaired. At Braille Institute of America, we're starting an employment program to help train students for employment and to join the workforce. It's the first program of its kind on the west coast of America. <clears throat> so in conclusion, I want to take a moment to acknowledge all, all seven of our current finalists and all 50 of you who are here. These seven finalists are graduating high school this year and continue their life journey this fall. The success starts with learning Braille and practicing Braille skills, which translates to life success. Congratulations to our finalists, and I want you all to continue to dream big. On behalf of USC and Braille Institute, we're very proud to provide this opportunity and experience for you. To our parents here, please ex continue to expose the students to as many career possible potentials, open their eyes to all possibilities, and encourage questions and help them build self-advocacy skills and to achieve their dreams. Thank you so much for sharing this special day with us. Thank you, Dr. Lamb, for that great message. Let's um, have another round of applause for Dr. Lamb. I would also like to ask for a big round of applause for Peter Mendick and for the staff of the Braille Institute of America. You know, we get to... Let's hear it. Thanks. 
You know, we get to come here and be the guest of Braille Institute for this very special weekend every year. But what we don't see is all of the hard work that goes on in the background to make this happen. The hard work put in by the Braille Institute staff to develop the contests, to prepare for all of those regional events, to support all of us regional coordinators across the country, to provide all of those contests for the contestants, to plan this amazing finals weekend, and much, much more is what makes it possible for us to be here tonight honoring our contestants and celebrating Braille literacy. So, Peter, we are so very grateful to you and to your staff, and we appreciate all that you do to support the Braille Challenge. Thank you. Now it's time for a very special award as we recognize the dedication and inspiring work of all of the teachers of the visually impaired across the United States and Canada. Their commitment and innovative ways to enhance the classroom for their students, to continue to keep their students engaged, and to support families and communities is simply astonishing. We have some outstanding teachers of students who are visually impaired in the audience tonight, and I would like for them to just quickly stand and be recognized with a round of applause. As a member of the Braille Challenge Advisory Committee, I have to say that every year we get nominations for the Teacher of the Year Award, and every year it gets more and more difficult to pick just one out of all of those amazing nominations. It's hard to choose, but it's also just a treat and a delight to read the nomination letters that we get from students and families and fellow teachers eager to praise the work done by their nominees. Our teachers are doing great things for our students, and we here at the Braille Challenge are privileged to be able to honor one very teacher in a special way tonight. To introduce this year's recipient of the Teacher of the Year Award, please join me in welcoming the 2016 Braille Challenge Teacher of the Year, Mr. Keith Christian. Podiums right here. How are you? Fabulous. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Microphone right in front of you. I'm a little short. There we go. <clears throat> well, thank you so very much, Janie. It's a pleasure to be here, to say the least. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to start with my congratulations to you, the students. Let's hear it for them, because that's why we're here. I'd also like to congratulate you parents and teachers for all of your hard work that it's taken to help your students get here at this level to the Braille Challenge. <clears throat> I would like to thank Braille Institute for so many things, uh, for contests like this that show off the Braille skills of our students and the youth programs that 
I grew up that has benefited me throughout my life and continues as I've become an adult. Lifelong learning starts right here and now. I'd like to thank USC for um, hosting this event and Humanware for spending the millions of hours and dollars for making technology, making it possible for blind people like my, myself and our students to be successful and lead happy, productive lives. What a tremendous honor it has been this year to be your Teacher of the Year for 2016. And I've truly appreciated and enjoyed every moment of it. Becoming a teacher of the visually impaired has been rather difficult for me. As a kid growing up, I learned a lot of things about myself. I knew I had a positive attitude, but I learned how to have grit. When I, think about, when I think about grit, I think of the successes and failures. And I learned that with a positive attitude of never, ever giving up, I learned that when meeting failures, if you keep trying, you will find success. And therefore, failure is only temporary. And with a positive attitude, that is what has helped me get through the toughest times to get to the best of times, which is right here tonight. No one in my family had ever attended college before me. My orientation mobility teacher in high school, he took me to visit a junior college about 15 miles from my home. It was Golden West Community College. It was only two buses and about 15 miles from my home, which is about, well, 15 miles and two hours and two buses is what it was. And I later found out that it was the same buses that I could take to go to the beach to meet my friends. It was invaluable. Um, when I was there at the school visiting, they treated me with interest because they had never had a blind student on their campus. They encouraged me and ensured me that they would do anything that they needed to to help me meet my needs to be successful in school. And uh, it was a bit of an interesting dilemma for me because I had to learn how to advocate for myself and learn how to teach people what I needed when I needed it. I never forgot the positive feelings I felt when I went to that campus. So when I graduated from high school, it felt natural to go to that school and for my first college experience. Having a positive experience on a college campus is extremely powerful, as this here today is extremely powerful. It is my hope, and it is Braille Institute's hope, that you students will seek out your own journey and include higher education. <clears throat> as I mentioned before, it, uh, it has been a true honor to be your Teacher of the Year for 2016. And it's my honor to introduce to you our 2017 Teacher of the Year, Jacinda Danner. She has an amazing story, and I can't wait for you to meet her. But before you do, we're going to watch a little video.
Jacinda helps a student navigate a parking lot using white cane. For the last 17 years, Jacinda Danner, Braille Institute's 2017 Teacher of the Year, has been a teacher of the visually impaired and an orientation and mobility specialist for the Matanuska Susitna Borough School District in Alaska. Students being interviewed in the classroom. Hi, my name is Ginger Shepherdson. I'm a sophomore in Wasilla High School. She knows her Braille like the stars know their sky. She is amazing. I've had her since first grade. I'm Tom. Jacinda's been my TVI since third grade. She really was the first one to teach me Braille. Scenes of Jacinda teaching in her classroom while administrator speaks. My name is Lucy Hope. I'm the director of student support services for the Matsu Borough School District. I think she's worked in every single school in our district because our students go and land everywhere. She keeps us having high expectations of kids and she brings the newest of technology into our students' lives. My name is Jacinda Danner. I'm a teacher of the visually impaired and orientation mobility specialist. A lot of my achievements, I feel, are the students' achievements. A student who graduated from high school is probably the first in his family who ever has. Students using Perkins Brailler. Preschool student who last week was finally able to understand that one individual Braille cell actually meant a letter and didn't just read a line and go LLLLL, but actually stopped and understood that that was an L, and that was an L, and that was an L. The small accomplishments that the children and the families make, the big accomplishments that they make. I just love that I get to be part of other kids' learnings. That's amazing. In addition to our preschool through grade 12 student population that Jacinda serves, she also makes sure that our students who are infants and toddlers can access her expertise before kids ever come to school. Parent being interviewed in Jacinda's classroom. My name is Sarah Edgerton, and I met Miss Danner when my daughter was seven months old. She was diagnosed with alpinism, and so we were just trying to get some facts on what life would look like. I just think she's awesome, and it's great how much energy and time and love that she puts into kids that just can use the help. There's a button out there that says, you know, teaching reading is rocket science. And I feel like that way is true of Braille. Teaching reading Braille is rocket science. I'd probably say that the biggest thing she's taught me is be open to new things and just kind of keep going. She's just super positive. <laughs> Jacinda and students showcase a refreshable display. Beyond the classroom, Jacinda takes small planes to rural Alaska to help families who have infants with visual impairment. She has started running buddy programs and supports programs to encourage independence. She looks at places and she decides what she needs to do to make them more accessible to her students. Students and community members approach four-lane intersection. Here at Wasilla High, there was an intersection that it was challenging. So Jacinda and that student advocated for an audible pedestrian signal. And we now have a talking light. And now she can get around all of downtown Wasilla independently with her cane makes it possible to do school and do what everybody else is doing. Student crossing intersection independently. I hope that this award will benefit others, that maybe we'll have future teachers of the visually impaired out there. She pushes people to be as passionate as she is about Braille and about vision. I really don't think I actually have met anyone who goes 
out of their way more than she does to improve the lives of those she comes in contact with and just kind of increase awareness and self-advocacy for the blind community. Jacinda, thank you, not only for what you do for our students, but for what you do for us as staff members to inspire us and teach us and have the highest expectations for our students with low vision. Thank you for you know sticking by me. I really appreciate everything you've done for me and for my family. Thank you for everything from mobility to Braille and just opening the world up for me. Jacinda believes that people with a visual impairment can achieve anything their sighted peers can. Together with her colleagues, students, and their families, we thank and congratulate Jacinda Danner, the 2017 Braille Institute Teacher of the Year. To learn more, visit BrailleInstitute.org or call 1-800-BRAILLE. Isn't she amazing? Okay. Yeah. Here to help me present the Teacher of the Year Award, please help me welcome our donors, board members, extremely kind friends to Braille Institute, and huge fans of the Braille Challenge, Rick and Dot Nelson. Come on up, Jacinda. Jacinda Danner will receive a Braille Note Touch, the world's first all-in-one Braille tablet, courtesy of Humanware, as well as a cash award made possible from dedicated donors. Thank you so much. This is an amazing honor. I just want to thank the Braille Institute for this. Um, it came as a shock and surprise, and then a camera crew showed up, so that was exciting too. <laughs> um, nothing could be done without the support of parents, the hard work of the children before us, um, and it's such a pleasure and honor to be part of someone's family, be able to teach others, and give them the power of reading. And what an amazing power that they can bring and uh, have for their entire lives. So I hope that um, that we can all remember our teachers of the visually impaired as we go through and um, do this the good work. The students, you can work hard, and that's your best way to honor your teachers. So thank you again for this amazing honor. Thank you for um, everything. That's the first time I saw that video, and so I'm a little teary, but uh, it was quite lovely. Um, again, thank you. Congratulations.
Congratulations. Congratulations, Jacinda. Let me also add my congratulations from the Braille Challenge Advisory Committee. We're thrilled to recognize you with this award and appreciate the great work that you do. Let's hear it one more time, everybody, for Jacinda Danner from Alaska. Okay, let's see. Um, Teacher of the Year Award, check. Keynote Award, check. What do you think we ought to do now? Are y'all ready for us to give out some awards to our finalists? Yeah? Let me hear it. Who wants to hear who is receiving this year's Excellence in Spelling Award? Are we ready for that? All right. To introduce this award, please welcome Sharice Pasadario from Braille Institute San Diego Regional Center and Philip Reeves from the Anaheim Regional Center. Thank you, Ms. Janie Bloom. This is my first time at Braille Challenge Finals Awards Dinner, so I must confess, is everyone as having fun as me? Is everyone having some fun? All right. So, I started at the Braille Institute as a youth assistant. Now, four years later, I'm a youth instructor. Throughout my time here, it's been rewarding and encouraging to see the youth have fun while challenging themselves to learn and refine their skills in our programs like today's event. Thanks, Therese. I'm glad you're having fun. I'm having fun, too. (laughs) This is my third year attending the Braille Challenge, and I'm definitely enjoying tonight. You know, the move to USC was exciting, and I really can't wait to see what happens next year. But let's, let's get to it. Let's get to the award. The Excellence in Spelling Award is important because, well, spelling is important because it allows us to read, and reading is important because it allows us to learn, and that's what we're all here to do, right, is learn. So without any more delay... The 2017 Excellence in Spelling Award goes to... Brooke Petro. This is Brooke's fourth time in the Braille Challenge Finals. Last year, this loving and smart 10-year-old won first place in the Apprentice category and took home the NBC4 Superstar Award for Excellence in Spelling in the National Braille Challenge Finals. Brooke finds it's very hard to outspell her, obviously. She finds outer space very interesting and says she wants to become a scientist at NASA when she grows up. Um, By the way, Brooke, Elon Musk is looking for uh, space people to go to Mars. Congratulations. You're welcome. You might want to (laughs) know. 
Congratulations, Brooke. What a great award. All right, let's keep this show going. Are y'all ready to find out who our third place winners are? Yeah, it doesn't sound like it to me. Are y'all ready to find out who our third place winners are? All right, that's better. Winners, please remember to stand and wait at your table when your name is called. And don't forgive us to forget to give us a big smile when your photo, uh, for your photo when you receive your award. Our third place winners will receive a cash award, a diploma, and a medal. So here to introduce all of our third place winners tonight, representing the Braille Challenge National Advisory Committee, are John Paris Saab from Sacramento, California, and Adam Wilton from British Columbia, Canada. To the end. Thank you. I sound just like that in the shower. Trust me. <laughs> Welcome to all of you. This is just such an exciting time and. Yes, you all are all winners, but we do have some envelopes here with some special names, and I would like to get right to that. I'm going to have Adam introduce himself. Greetings from Canada, eh? <laughs> I promise that's my only one. Hi, everyone. This is actually my first um, regional, uh, sorry, national challenge as an advisory committee member, so I'm very excited to be here. If you attended a regional challenge, give me a round of applause. And that round of applause is for all of the teachers, transcribers, parents, staff, and volunteers that make our regional challenges such an incredible event. And I personally, yes, right? Yes. Our regional awards. And I'm also personally very excited about looking to grow the challenge in Canada. We have three regional events, and we're looking to add to that. And now, just to remind you, if you are, if your name is listed here, please stand up at your table and the photographers and the people with the prizes are going to come to you. So just stand up and be recognized by the room here. Starting with our apprentice, third place winner, Hunter Kelly. Hunter Kelly is an Okie from Claremore, Oklahoma. Hunter can build anything he imagines with Legos. He says Braille literacy is important because reading allows him to go to other worlds and lets his imagination grow. This smart and caring second grader would like to become a doctor when he grows up so he can make people healthy and help them overcome illnesses like the cancer he has already overcome. Uh, by the way, Hunter, there is a place called Legoland right down the coast. <laughs> Hunter Kelly. Okay. All right. Next, we've got our freshman category. All right, the third place winner in our freshman category. Please give it up for Christopher Morgan.
Christopher is from Douglasville, Georgia. He's an active and smart third grader who has been recognized for straight A's at every awards day ceremony at his school. He is an excellent basketball player and would love to make history as the first blind professional basketball player. He has been a Braille reader for five years and says that if he could meet Louis Braille, he would thank Monsieur Braille for creating the Braille code because it allows him to read and write like all his friends. Christopher Morgan. Moving up to our sophomores, the sophomore third place winner, we have Sujan Dakal. Let's see, Sujan Dakal hails from Glen Burnie, Maryland. He's a learning enthusiast who wants to be a computer technician and a writer when he grows up. Uh, I'm in favor of you doing the computer stuff, but I'm a writer, and there's not a lot of money in it, so you might want to. <laughs> this is uh, Sujan's third year uh, in the National Braille Challenge Finals. He says Braille literacy is important to him because he wouldn't otherwise be able to learn as quickly as he does using Braille. So congratulations, Sujan Dakal. All right, let's keep rolling on to our junior varsity third place winner. All right, put your hands together for Christopher Abel. Christopher is also from Georgia, Ackworth, and he's been here a number of times. This is his eighth year in the National Braille Challenge Finals. When he grows up, Christopher would like to be an astronaut, again, paging Elon Musk, and travel to Mars. But for now, he will focus on planning his trip to Chicago in December to participate in the Midwest Clinic for trumpet playing. Christopher enjoys competing in jiu-jitsu, and his favorite Braille Challenge memories center around connecting with other finalists from the Braille Challenge while tests are being scored. Christopher Abel. And now we come to the varsity. The varsity third place winner, Cricket Biddleman. <laughs> Cricket's from Morro Bay, right up the coast here in California. And she's a smart and accomplished young lady. She's been a finalist in the National Braille Challenge Finals for 10 years. I believe her name is up on those trophies. And uh, with her love for tutoring, mentoring, and help, uh, helping people understand complex academic concepts, she plans to be a college professor. Cricket knows Morse code currently sings in two choirs and has been accepted, goodness me, to Stanford University. <laughs> Cricket Beidelman. Uh, 
job well done, y'all. Congratulations to all of our third place winners, and thank you to John and Adam for those presentations. Next, yes. Next, we have the presentation of a very special award. The Braille Challenge is not just a once a year program. It's about building communities centered around our students. Over the years, as we gather here and at regional events, students, families, teachers, volunteers, and other folks get to know each other, and we learn to care about each other. We keep up through social media and texts and email, and lifelong friendships are formed as a result of the Braille Challenge. The Braille Challenge family is a tight-knit bunch, and the following presenters are exactly that to all of us, family. During last year's awards, a special award was given, one that recognized an inspiring young man who qualified for the finals year after year, won often, but more importantly, each year he made new friends and he influenced more and more lives. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but his spirit and his legacy live on. This award, the Harley Fetterman Award for Excellence in Charts and Graphs, honors Harley's excellence in Braille and his love of the Braille Challenge. Here to announce this year's recipient are two people near and dear to all of us, Harley's parents, Beth Freeborn and Kevin Fetterman. So we want to start out by saying how impressed we are with the <clears throat> Braille Challenge finalists and how honored we are to be here to present this award. I hope I can do this speech uh, justice because Harley was the speaker in our family and he'd really be mad at me if I said too many uhs and ums. <laughs> many of the older kids know Harley from previous competitions. He qualified to come to the Braille Challenge nine of 12 years he was eligible to compete. Last year, he qualified to be a finalist, but was unable to compete because he needed a bone marrow transplant. <clears throat> Harley approached every challenge in his life with grace and courage. We've been told that he did a lot to help other people deal with their problems and to have a better outlook in, at life. Harley liked to give speeches to raise money for organizations that help kids with cancer and kids living with blindness. I know that being Harley's parents made us better people and helped us to find a higher purpose for our lives. We lost Harley last year, and it has been a struggle for us to find a way to continue being the people that Harley helped us to become. We have been searching for a new purpose. When we came home from the hospital, as we went through the boxes, bags, backpacks, and suitcases that we'd taken with us for our five-month stay at Texas Children's Hospital, we found Harley's wallet. In it, in addition to his ID cards and other things that a high school boy might have, uh, there were $220. We weren't sure why he had that much money with him and, or what he had intended to do with it, and we weren't sure what we should do with it. There were many things we could have spent it on, but none of them seemed to be the right thing. Then we thought a great way to continue what we started with Harley is to support the things that he loved. And so started the idea of helping people and organizations through Harley's Wallet, something that we hope will grow and flourish. Harley loved the National Braille Challenge. He loved the competition because it gave him an incentive 
to improve his Braille reading and writing skills, and he recognized that being a strong Braille user would give him a better chance to be successful in life. He loved the fact that everyone who makes it to the National Braille Challenge is so capable and talented. It was an honor just to be amongst the finalists. He loved meeting his fellow competitors and making lifelong friendships. He often met up with other challengers at various programs for blind kids throughout the United States, and they always celebrated the camaraderie of being National Braille Challenge finalist. And although he felt the opening ceremony before the competition was a little nerve-wracking, he loved the fanfare and excitement of the awards banquet, and he really loved the Charts and Graphs Challenge. Charts and Graphs is the part of Braille Challenge that most closely resembles STEM programs, which are those programs that involve science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. One of the things of this competition is that blind people are much more likely to be able to find a job and live the type of life they would like to live if they get a college degree. I'd like to extend that idea a little further and talk about the advantage of studying and working in STEM careers. I did a little research, and according to the Study.com Education Insider News blog, I found that people with STEM-related bachelor's degrees have a 63% chance of having a better salary than people with other types of degrees. Furthermore, they have a 47% chance of having a higher salary than people with doctorate degrees in non-STEM fields. According to the CNN MoneyStream site, STEM jobs are growing at 1.7 times the rate of non-STEM jobs. Many STEM jobs go unfilled because not enough people are going into those careers. So job availability and security are very high for STEM degree graduates. The technology that is available for visually impaired people to work on computers and in other STEM fields is incredible and exciting and is something that Harley wanted to help develop, like many of the other finalists today. We feel that providing an award for charts and graphs not only supports something that Harley loved, but also encourages each of you to pursue something that will help you have a better life. In this way, we can make Harley proud of us, just like he made us proud for 18 years. We want to thank the Braille Institute and their associates for creating the National Braille Challenge and for making it such a wonderful opportunity for the kids to get together and have fun. We also want to thank them for giving us this opportunity to remember Harley in such a meaningful way. So now, without further ado, let's announce the winner who will receive a $1,000 cash award as well as the title, shall we? We shall. We shall. <laughs> so the second winner ever of the Harley Fetterman Award of Excellence in Charts and Graphs goes to... Rochelle Zampala. Rochelle Zampella comes from Muskogee, Oklahoma. She's a passionate and sensitive saxophonist who wants to become a music teacher and play jazz professionally one day. She says being a musician is a powerful thing because it gives you the ability to convey your emotions as well as motivate people to follow their dreams and find their purpose in life. This is Rochelle's eighth year as a Braille Challenge finalist. She has won 
first and second place in the junior varsity category in 2015 and 2016, respectively, and second place in the sophomore category in 2013. That's a lot of awards, Rochelle. Congratulations to Rochelle Zempella. Excellent message from Harley's parents and a special award. Congratulations, Rochelle. And thank you, Beth and Kevin, for sharing this moment with us and for continuing to be a part of the Braille Challenge family. We're getting ready to announce our second place winners. Second place winners also receive a cash award, a diploma, and a medal. And here to introduce our second place award winners are two more members of our Braille Challenge family and some of my favorite people from national programs here at Braille Institute. These two not only work hard all year long to make sure the regionals take place, but also work tirelessly to make this weekend a success. They probably both also deserve an award just for answering all of my endless emails, but I know they'll be just as happy to introduce our second place winners instead. Are you ready to find out who those winners are? All right, then give it up. For Braille Institute's Outstanding National Programs ladies, Marie Saldivar and Christine Pack. Oh, let me linger in the shelter of the night. Wow, thank you, Janie. Good evening, finalists. Are you all as excited about this dance afterwards as Christine here is? Of course I'm excited. I'm going to show you my moves, people. <laughs> They're good, trust me. All right. Well, okay, finalists, remember, if we call your name, please stand up and remain standing at your table, and our representatives will take your award to you while your impressive bio is being read. Let's get to it. Are you ready? All right. Okay, you ready for second place, uh, Apprentice? Can I get a drum roll from you guys? Do 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 do. Okay, the second place winner for Apprentice is Miles Lima. Miles Lima is from Manteca, California. He's a talented and accomplished piano player and singer who's won the Grand Prize Award on the Got Talent Show. He loves animals and hopes to one day become a veterinarian, own a hound hotel, and work at an animal shelter. This is his first year in the National Braille Challenge Finals, and he thinks Braille literacy is important because it enables him to read and write. Miles Lima. All right, on to freshmen. Our freshman second place winner is Emily Groves. (laughs) 
Emily is from Bettendorf, Iowa. She describes herself as competitive and tenacious and as a daydreamer. She finds immense fun in playing the violin and hopes to be a famous violinist when she grows up. Emily's long list of special achievements include levels one through six orchestral strings certificates for fifth grade orchestra, third place in the National Braille Challenge Finals, and now she's got a second place, and first place in the Iowa Regional Braille Challenge, Emily Groves. Okay, now for second place sophomore, the winner is Ciara Peterson. Ciara's from Tucson, Arizona. This is her third year in the National Braille Challenge Finals. She was a winner in 2013, as well as this year. When she grows up, she wants to be either a veterinarian assistant or a voice actress because she loves animals and likes to create stories and act them out in different character voices. Chara finds that Braille helps her to be more independent, allowing her to navigate the Internet using the Braille note device and allowing her to communicate with others via email and letters. So Chara Peterson, congratulations. Okay, our junior varsity second place winner is Kaylee Brendel. <laughs> Kaylee's from Freehold, New Jersey. She's an extremely talented and accomplished young lady. She's able to see colors in music, which is called synesthesia. She's great at singing, she's a Greek mythology guru, and she's also a good debater. Kaylee is the president of the National Junior Honor Society. She wants to be a professional vocalist or choir director at a prestigious university when she grows up. She loves reading and writing and says she would never have developed that passion if she hadn't learned Braille. Kaylee Brendel. Okay, varsity second place winner is Luther Fuller. <laughs> Luther hails from Lawrence, Kansas, a fluent Braille music reader and a three-time first place winner in state honors piano auditions. When he grows up, he wants to work in the field of digital musical instruments or software uh, to make graphics more accessible for the blind. This is Luther's sixth year in the National Braille Challenge Finals. He says Braille literacy is critical to have access to the same information and at the same time as print readers. Well, congratulations to Luther Fuller. So congratulations to all of our second place winners. Good job, y'all. We're getting close to the end of our award show, but there's one 
more group of people here that I'd like for us to take a minute to recognize. While our students were competing today and the regional coordinators were meeting and parents were in workshop, there was another group of folks here on campus who were working very, very hard. If they hadn't been working so hard, we probably wouldn't be here tonight because we wouldn't know who our winners are. And those are the folks who work so hard today to score the contest for our students. If any of our scorers are in the room, would you please stand up to be recognized? And let's give them a round of applause. Thank you very much. We appreciate your hard work. Now we get to have a really special treat. You've already heard them this evening while you were on the red carpet. You've heard them during dinner and now during our award ceremony. I am, of course, referring to this fabulous barbershop quartet who are providing tonight's entertainment, the Newfangled Four. So now, ladies and gentlemen, here for your enjoyment, performing by request, I understand, the fight song are the Newfangled Four. Up we go, boys. One, two, three, fight on! Fight on! For all the sea! For all the sea! Our team fights on! Our team fights on! To victory! To victory! Our alma mater, dear! It's up to you! It's up to you! To fight to win for all the sea! Fight on to victory! Fight on! Yeah, we did. I went to school here, so. As we stroll along together, holding hands, walking all alone, so in love are we too that we don't know what to do, so in love. Stars twinkling high above. So in love are we too that we don't know what to do. So in love are you and I. So in love, so much in love. We stroll along together, and I tell you, I need. I love, love you, my darling. Can't you tell it in my touch? As we walk down that aisle together, we will vow to be together till we die. So in love are we too that we don't know what to do. So in love. Jackson, sing the lead on that one, folks. Give him a big round of applause. Jackson Niebergi. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. You know, we're going to very quickly introduce the members of the quartet. My name is Jackson Niebergi, and I sing lead. Thank you very much. Yeah, Jackson! 
to my right, your left, we have Mr. Joey Buss, singing tenor over here. I sing tenor. He sings tenor over here. <laughs> to my left, your right, oh, that takes some thinking, we have Mr. Will Harris on bass over here. I'm a tall man, I sing bass because I'm the tallest. If you, uh, if you couldn't tell by his tie, he is a, an alum of USC. Himself. Fight on. Fight on, fight on so, guys. That's right why I knew the fight song. And of course, all the way to our far left, we have our baritone, Mr. Ryan Wisniewski. Everyone give him a right hand. Yeah, great job, Ryan. How's it going, America? Good to be here. Good to be here. Baritones, right? We're going to sing a couple more real quick for you here. I'm quitting the blues of the world Just singing a song, just singing a song Glory, hallelujah, I just phoned the parser Hey, park, you ready to call Just like Humpty Dumpty I'm ready to fall Because I'm sitting on top of the world Just rolling along, just rolling along I'm sitting Where? on top of the world. Can't even believe it. Rolling along. Nope. <laughs> Rolling along. Bum ba da ba dum bum bum. I'm quitting the blues of the world. Just singing a song. Just singing a song. Just singing a song. Glory, hallelujah. I just found my sweet hey, mark and ready to go. Just like Humpty Dumpty. I'm ready to Thank you very much. We're going to sing one more for you that's uh, a, a favorite among many, many barbershoppers, uh, and it's one that we like to usually close out shows with, and I hope you enjoy. Our song was the song of tomorrow. Our hearts were as high as the sky. But songs are forgotten and skies often gray. Nevertheless, there is this I can say from the first hello. It's been awfully nice to know you, so excuse the parting sigh, and I'll watch you. You've been 
special treat, say I, from the first hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so everyone. much. Thank you, everyone. Great job for the Newfangled Four. We thank you for being with us here tonight. Let's have one more round of applause for this great group. And now, here to present our final awards of the evening, we have some other special guests. I want you to meet the 2004 and 2005 National Braille Challenge first place varsity winner, Chris Parsons, and Braille Institute's Director of National Programs, Sergio Oliva. Everybody, uh, <laughs> it is so cool to be back here with all of you guys. I did the Braille Challenge all four years of high school, um, and I loved it every time, uh, getting to see old friends, making new friends. Uh, but like I said yesterday evening, I was at a time in my life when I thought that winning was the most important thing. Um, the Braille Challenge is a competition, but it's also about making friends, and of course, it's about Braille. Participating in the Braille Challenge meant that Braille mattered to me, that it wasn't just something that was going to go away once I graduated, because I was told by some of my high school teachers that I just wouldn't use Braille in college. It was too big and too bulky, and I would be able to do everything on my computer and get books on CD. And I'm really glad that I didn't believe that. <laughs> I did have a laptop in college, and I did use books on CD, but I also had a Braille note taker, and sometimes when I just really wanted to feel the Braille under my fingers, I would emboss it. And I also got into playwriting in college, and nothing compared to reading a draft of a play out loud and testing out some dialogue. But college is about more than academics. It's about new opportunities and learning how to be independent, advocate for yourself, and be confident. You guys have spent this weekend walking around a college campus, and you've sat in some of the same seats that students sit in when they have classes. I mean, how cool is that? I was super nervous when I went to college. I had confidence in my academic skills, and my parents and teachers had always believed in me but I realized that I didn't believe in myself as much as they did. And that is not a good feeling. So what made the difference for me is that I met a lot of other blind people doing some of the things that I wanted to do. And finalists, you guys can too. 
you have such a great chance this weekend to make some lifelong friends and to find those people that you can go to when you're trying to figure something out and you just need someone to bounce some ideas off of. And I'm here too. I'm serious about that. I, I didn't always do everything right, but I have been there. I have been where you are and where you're going. And as a mom, I tell you, I ask questions of other blind parents all the time. I am so glad that I could be here this weekend with you guys to share a little bit of my story. Each of you is already a winner, and I am so proud of all of you for what you've accomplished. So have fun, enjoy the rest of the evening, but always remember that I am here, and the other alums are here if you need us. All right, so who wants to hear now from our National Programs Director, Sergio? All right, all right. So you know how it goes. I'm a little loud. I'm a little colorful. But I'm going to talk for a little bit right now because I actually want to share a very personal story. But before I do that, did any of you guys catch that last name uh, from one of our singers? Uh, Nibrugi, I think he said, right? That's my boss's son. So, um, Yeah, let's hear it, right? <laughs> Nancy, I expect, I expect a promotion next month, okay? But really, you guys, so I want to tell you guys a story. <clears throat> and it's a very personal story that sometimes I don't really share with a lot of people. 20 years ago, I stepped foot on this very campus. No, I'm not that old. I was still in high school. I joined a program called Upper Bound. Upper Bound is for first-generation college-bound students. It's a program through the Department of Education. What the program aims to do is to really demystify any sort of myths that a first-generation college-bound student may have. They took us to college campuses. They took us to the dorms. I actually ended up staying for a summer at Pomona College and took a lot of enrichment classes. The reason why I share this story with you is because I went from, I grew up in Inglewood, which is near the airport, and it's a, it's a, People may think it's a, it's a dodgy area, but I just think of it as a very rich uh, sense of community. So it took me from this program and being exposed via field trips, via you know talking to different college counselors and being, me being exposed, to go from dreaming from me thinking that I wanted to go to a community college in Torrance, El Camino College, to me thinking that, you know what, maybe I'll, I can get into a Cal State, yeah, yeah, I could do that to really me having a dream school. And that dream school, as much as uh, I like USC, is UC Berkeley. Go Bears, right? <laughs> Luckily, I had a lot of support. I had a lot of parent support. They explained things to my parents. They put us in these seats, just like Chris Parsons said. I actually ended up getting accepted to UC Berkeley, and I went there and graduated, although it took five years, studied abroad, but I graduated from UC Berkeley. While I was there, I continued being active in the local Upper Bound because I wanted to give back. It allowed me to dream bigger, and it allowed me to really pursue a master's, and it really allowed me to think of any school that I really wanted to go to. I ended up going to the East Coast, and if you guys really know me, you know that I'm a very humble guy. 
And I rarely sort of say this. So I ended up getting into a couple of Ivy Leagues and I ended up going to Cornell. And the reason why I want to share this story is because it worked. So the whole point of us moving this program was not because we're trying to, you know, address different things. But when you really start having a conversation about what is post high school, we know college is not for everybody. But with this program, with this move, what we want to do is we want to have conversations. So to all the finalists, I want to ask you a question, and I don't want you to answer right now, but I want you to think about this. Where do you see yourselves 20 years from now? Where do you see yourselves when you're going to be 50 years old? It may sound scary. It may sound like, Sergio, why are you asking me this? I'm barely in the first grade. <laughs> it is never too early for the finalists, for the students, for parents, for TBIs, for the entire support committee to start having a conversation about post-high school. So it's not really about going to college. It's about having a plan. It's about having a plan. What are you going to do after high school? How are parents going to feel comfortable letting their children go wherever they're going to go? And so the aim of this move, it's really that. We want to have conversations nationally about where this entire sort of rate of visually impaired blind population, why don't we have more VI blind students in college? Why is it that we need to start, we need to continue promoting Braille literacy because we know there's a direct correlation between Braille readers and those that are successful and are employed. And so this is just literally us dipping our toes in the water. It's the first year. So I want to thank everybody, and I actually have a couple of thank yous for this entire move. And I know you guys are probably tired of me talking, but we'll get to the winners in a little bit. This entire sort of move, honestly, for those of you guys that have ever planned an event, you know exactly what I feel right now. And at the start of this uh, night and the whole weekend, I was so happy. <laughs> Thursday, the advisory committee, we had meetings all day. And throughout the whole time, while I was stressed because of logistics and, you know, the shuttles, yeah, let's not talk about that, right? <laughs> um, and some other things that we're going to address later. But you know what? Those are logistical minor things. The macro, the big picture is, look at where we're at. We are on campus at the University of Southern California. You guys were sitting, just like Chris Parsons said, in seats that actual college students sit in every single day. So I just want to leave you with that, and I want you guys to really think about what your role really is as finalists. Each and every single one of you guys represent the 1,127 students that took the Braille Challenge this year. And I think that some finalists sometimes think, oh, I didn't win. You are among the top, the top of North America of Braille readers. So can we please hear it for the finalists? I don't know why I now feel like I just received an Oscars and I'm supposed to say thank you. And, but you know what? I am the director, so the music isn't going to go on. So I can talk and talk, right? But I'm not. But we, this whole move would not have been uh, possible without a strong support group. 
and it really goes back to Braille Institute staff. I have a staff that's pretty small. Where are, where are you guys, national programs? They're all the way in the back, you guys. Jackie, you better raise your hand, Jackie. <laughs> but beyond my core team, it's also the LA Regional Center staff. Anita, Lynn, and her staff, can you guys please uh, raise your hand or stand up so that we can actually thank you guys. And just like Janie said earlier, thanking the transcribers, there's a young lady that I started working with four and a half years ago. Can't believe I've been at Braille for four and a half years, right? Marcy Ponzio. What can I say about Marcy Ponzio? Marcy Ponzio is the single person that looks at every single contest that comes through our doors. And I think that sometimes we think that, oh, transcribers transcribe things and they braille things. It's beyond that. What they do goes beyond anything that I think I can even start to do. I started learning braille and it takes me about five minutes or so to come up with like two, three words. But I get so excited when I actually get to figure out some of the words. But enough of that. How are you guys doing, by the way? Are we good? Are we good? You guys all seem a little sad. Come on. Are we good? Are you guys alive? Who wants to hear the first place winners? That's what I'm talking about, the first place winners. So here to actually help me introduce and give, not introduce, give the first place winners are two representatives from Humanware. We have Greg Stilson and Dominic Gagliano, and they're going to be providing our first place winners with a refreshable display, Brailian 32, right? And the winners of first place also get a mini iPad, thanks to Angela's Angels. Thank you, Christine Pack. And they're also going to get a cash award. So for every single winner, right after this, we're going to be upstairs, and you're going to see Christine Pack, and you're going to fill out certain forms, and we will get you your cash awards uh, soon hereafter, okay? So can Greg please come up? Sergio, I think those Braille displays grew. They grew from 32 cells to 40. Oh, they did. <laughs> uh, he's the VP of marketing for Humanware, so he's he should... All right, Chris, come on up here. Are you ready? I am ready. Are you guys ready? <laughs> All right, let's find out who our first place winners are. All right, Sergio, who is the first place apprentice winner? Can I get a drum roll or whatever the uh, newfangled four have been doing? Okay. All right. We did not rehearse that. Straight from Kentucky, Carmen Blakely. This is uh, Carmen's first time in the Braille Challenge Finals. She's from Louisville, Kentucky, 
and she won first place in the Kentucky Regional Braille Challenge. This caring second grader loves music, wants to be a singer when she grows up. Carmen also enjoys playing the guitar and says Braille literacy is important to her because it allows her to use her imagination and learn a lot of different things. Carmen Blakely. Let's hear it for Carmen Blakely from Kentucky. So, Sergio, are you ready to announce our first place freshman winner? No, I'm not. I, I don't really think the room is like, are you guys ready? Come on, it's national finals for Braille Challenge. How about we actually uh, have a different song? No, I'm kidding. The first place freshman winner is Ms. Brooke Petro. Well, as we know, Brooke already won the spelling award this year. And just uh, to remind you, last, uh, I think it was last year, she took home the NBC4 Superstar Award for Excellence in Spelling in the National Braille Challenge finals here. Here she comes, Brooke Petro, again from Leewood, Kansas. guys, let's hear it. She just won first place freshman on the National Braille Challenge Finals. All right, what do you guys think? Ready to hear first place sophomore? Yeah? All right, I think Sergio can help us out with that. So who is our first place sophomore winner? I'm like walking away, right? Brooke, uh, uh, we'll give you your mini iPad afterwards, okay? <laughs> Actually, here, Jovan. All right, our first place sophomore winner is Audrey Bethay. <laughs> da, 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 da. That makes two in a row from Kansas. Audrey is from Prairie Village. She's a motivated sixth grader who started reading Braille nine years ago. 
She has been a finalist in the National Braille Challenge each of the six years she has participated. She has placed first and second as an apprentice and second in the freshman category. And now she has this award. When she grows up, she wants to be a Braille teacher because she likes reading, writing, and teaching Braille to her friends. And as we give her the celebratory photograph, let us all put our hands together for Audrey Bethay. I think, I think they don't have to wait. They're getting their iPads immediately from uh, Sergio. Is that right? That is correct. They are getting their mini iPads. As they leave the stage. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> All right, guys. We are almost there. Two more to go. So now Sergio is going to let us know who is our first place junior varsity winner. Are you guys all ready? I don't think they are. No, no, I don't think you guys are ready. Are you guys I... ready? Are you ready? <laughs> all right, here we go. Oh, straight from Michigan, Julia LeGrand. Julia's from Grand Rapids. She loves to share her ideas with others, and because of this, when she grows up, she wants to be a teacher, a composer, or an author. She plays the violin and piano, both classical and jazz. Julia has been a Braille reader for nine years, and this is her seventh year in the National Braille Challenge Finals. Her favorite memory from the Michigan Regional Braille Challenge is when she was practicing so hard her thumb began to bleed on the brailler. Oh my God. <laughs> that is dedication. By the way, Julia, it's possible to do that on a piano keyboard as well. I have personal experience. Took a while to wipe up the blood. Here she is. She's on stage. Here we go. Now I think we'll get a cheer. Are you guys ready to find out who the 2017 Varsity first place winner is? All right, Sergio, I think they're ready. Nah. I, maybe we'll just post it on our Facebook page. Don't forget, hashtag Braille Challenge 2017. Think me later, Mari Abrams. 
She's our marketing lady. Before I sort of say, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. The first place varsity winner whose name is going to go on our trophy and one day is going to come back and be our keynote speaker tonight at one of the awards dinners, Mitchell Bridwell. Dad, you guys must be excited. I was just talking to them yesterday. They're an amazing family, as is everybody. As he climbs the stairs of the stage, we can talk about him a little. Mitchell's from Pittsburgh, Indiana. He's a talented musician who plays the piano in his school's jazz band. He wants to become an audio engineer when he grows up because he has always loved music and has always wanted to compose his own songs. He enjoys water sports, uh, such as water skiing, and working on service projects such as the youth mission trip he's done to Michigan. This is Mitchell's eighth year in the National Braille Challenge Finals. He is the first place winner. Congratulations, Mitchell Bridwell. Congratulations, Mitchell. So thank you, guys. And the last thing that I will share with you is that I never, never imagined that I would ever fall in love with something that I was doing professionally. And uh, I must tell you that I'm really in love with what I do. Uh, I can never, never put myself in the shoes of the finalists because I'm privileged to have sight. But what I can do is support every single one of you and support every single family. And I want you guys, the finalists, to truly get involved. You guys are the leaders. You guys are the finalists. So I expect we, Braille Institute, the Braille Challenge community, we expect you to serve as mentors. And so don't just go home and you know post a lot of those Facebook pictures. And we want you to talk to your other peers and let them know what Braille is, what Braille Challenge is, and the importance of why we promote Braille literacy. So with that, I'm going to turn it back to this year's MC, the very lovely Janie Bloom. Thank you, guys. Wow, what a night. We just um, had a little bit of magic occur backstage and realized that we have a, another treat in the box that um, was supposed to be for our Teacher of the Year. Jacinda, could I get you to come back up just for a second? And Dominic has something he would like to present to you. So this is, uh, this is Greg Stilson with HumanWare, and uh, first off, this is my first Braille challenge, so I'm so privileged and, and proud to be here. Um, we are here to give Jacinda uh, the Braille Note Touch for her Teacher of the Year Award, so congratulations, Jacinda. 
<laughs> Jacinda's posing with her brown no touch. <laughs> Thank you. Again, congratulations to all of our students who are here tonight. Each and every one of you has accomplished something just amazing and outstanding. And I want to give one more round of applause to all of our finalists. Also want to say once again to the staff, the board, the donors, the friends of Braille Institute, you guys are amazing and we are so appreciative of everything that you do for students all across this country all year long. And let's have another round of applause for Braille Institute. I want to say a very personal thanks to Royal Institute for allowing me the honor to emcee tonight's show. This has been um, just a lot of fun for me. As I look around the room, I see not tonight just the students that are here in this room, but all of those 1,100 students who participated in our regional events. All of the teachers who worked with students to get them to practice, um, let me start again. All of the teachers who practiced with students to improve their skills, the families, the friends, and everybody who said to our students, oh yes, you can do this. I see the future here as well. Ladies and gentlemen in this room are our future scientists and lawyers and artists and chefs and musicians and astronauts, and inventors, and politicians, and teachers, and leaders, and who knows, maybe even our future president. I don't know about the rest of you, but I think our future's in pretty good hands. So, students, I challenge you to do just those things. I challenge you to reach for the stars, Oh, I'm sorry, I've left part. Let me start again, <laughs> because this is important. These are the students who, because of the power of literacy and the power of all of our communities working together, can change the world. These are the students who can change the world. And students, this is my challenge to you. Reach for the stars, chase your dreams, and change the world.